This is how I win. I'm your cheerleader, honey boy. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. And the Oscar goes to... Parasite. This is how I win. Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by Geek 5 Nation. On today's episode, um, movies were canceled, so we're just going to go ahead and end the show right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. Um, on today's episode, Jacob and I went and saw The Hunt together. We're going to review that. We're going to talk about some movies that you can stream online right now on various platforms that you could watch at home. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Jacob. How are you, sir? Um, you know, I don't have Corona, but it's kind of ruining everything <laughs> I've got going right now. So I'm still being affected and I'm doing the best I can right now. I'm super stressed out and just ready to talk. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the coronavirus, a lot of people don't have it per se right now. But at the flip side of it, it's causing a trickle-down effect that's really hurting everything. I mean, we just uh, talked about it a little bit off-air, but Invisible Man, Emma, um, and The Hunt are both – all three of those movies are being released Friday for $19.99. You get to rent them for 48 hours to watch them. And this is something unprecedented. I mean, yeah, Invisible Man's been out for three – almost going on four weeks – but and it's made over a hundred million dollars. But obviously, when they released this movie, they didn't have it in mind to three weeks from whenever the release of it to be releasing it worldwide, digitally. And then, of course, the bigger of the of the news of all of it is obviously them releasing Trolls in cinema, which as of right now, Regal's not open. So you know, if AMC stays open, which I highly uh, don't think they will, but. The thing about that is it's going to be released the same exact day around the world digitally for the same price for $19.99 and you get to rent it for 48 hours to watch it, which obviously just means it's going to be ripped. So you've got a company that's willing to lose a little bit of money right now, but the trickle-down effect around the entire movie industry, movies are shut down, filming, this is going to be, we, we talked about this a little bit when we met up on uh, Friday to see The Hunt. Like, this is going to make for an interesting and insane award season. Oh, yeah. This um, this award season, this is – I've been telling people, it's, you know, it's like this award season is going to be so different because you've got movies, you know, like thinking of last year's award season, you've got movies like A Parasite. Like, A Parasite started and got more into kind of the mainstream theater stage – but now it's like this year you've got movies coming out where James Bond, you know, No Time to Die is going to wipe that off the board, you know. And so a lot of these movies that aren't specifically art house films and they're not blockbusters, they're kind of in-betweeners, are going to get shoved under the mat for movies like, you know, No Time to Die, for, you know, any of the Disney movies that get pushed back, Mulan, anything like that. And so it really makes you think, you know, is this going to be – the year where we where we like get a return to major blockbuster releases being the major Oscar contenders, or is it going to be, you know, a year where we get Oscar contenders on, you know, streaming two, three, four weeks after they release just because they can't afford to keep them in the theater that long. And so it's a really interesting situation. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, with with the whole coronavirus and everything, it's it's so interesting because 
like I know for me, I don't know about you. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about it, but for me, it has not affected anyone I know around me, but it has affected me so much in my school, in my job, uh, just in my life. And it's like this whole thing's becoming such a bigger epidemic than it already is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It really hasn't had a big effect on me personally. Um, but my job, you know, <clears throat> a lot of things kind of going on with my job. There's a lot of people that were out in Las Vegas for a convention last week. They're not allowed to come into the office. They're kind of quarantined for the office for a couple of weeks. And kind of some of the stuff that's been going on because of this has been kind of it's kind of insane because obviously, you know, you know, writing reviews is not our full time gig or anything, but it does affect what we're bringing to the table each and every week. You know, there's not movies being released. We can't talk about movies. We don't we're going to we're not going to write reviews. Now, Jacob and I are going to do a little something where we, we might we got, we're going to pick a movie that's on, you know, Netflix or whatever and something and watch it together. And then we'll review it next week or something like that. But it's kind of crazy, the trickle-down effect all across the board, because it's it, – I don't even think the worst is yet to come. I think we're looking at a couple more months of this, and that's going to be – it's going to be pretty crazy as a collective whole. But it's something that we're going to try to, for the next, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, um, kill some time for you guys, talk a little bit of movies, talk The Hunt, talk some movies that you can watch digitally. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about The Hunt. All right, Jacob, it's time to talk about the highly controversial, very <laughs> interesting film in The Hunt. Um, we it, it was a it was a bag of, of tricks. It was a blast to watch, per se. There's a lot of different things that could have been done differently that I think it could have made it a lot better film. But once they postponed the film the way they did because of what happened, which, come to think of it, I don't even remember. Why did they postpone it again? Which was They it? postponed oh. it because they have... Um... Because there were like two or three mass shootings. Back to back to back, right, yeah. So they postponed it, and I think what we talked about a little bit afterwards is there were some edits done to it to add some one-liners that really were frustrating to hear. But, Jacob, give us some initial thoughts on The Hunt right off the rip. So, for me, it's... Okay, so for me, you know, if if this was, you know, the movie and the idea that they were going with back in September, then they never should have uh, held it out. There's no way that this should have been the big deal that it ended up being. Um, You know, for me, The Hunt, it was very entertaining. But as I said in my review on Letterboxd, and I'm working on my review right now, but uh, it seemed like a highlight tape. It seemed like a highlight tape of, you know, some very cool kills and then whenever they cut back to the people talking, it was filled with one-liners and just, you know, PC whatever and was just throwing jabs at everyone. And it really got so boring in those moments. And you really just wanted to get back to the action. And then when you got back to the action, it just seemed like highlight after highlight. I mean, we'll talk about the end, but once you get up to the end – I just didn't feel I didn't feel anything about the end. The whole structure of the film, you know, it's it's like I said, it is entertaining, but for the structure and like thematics of a film, it doesn't seem like a real, you know, movie to me. I think this would have been better in like a, a limited series. You know, you do one limited series about the hunt and the fallout from it and you know the lead up to it. 
I think that would have benefited this a lot better. Um, I don't really understand. I just don't understand the whole reasoning behind it. I think it worked a lot better as an entertainment piece than a satirical movie. And I think, I really do think at times it got into kind of spoof territory. And I don't know if you felt that, but there were times where I felt like I was watching like a, you know, an epic movie or disaster movie or something like that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I agree with you. Uh, it kind of, um, it kind of rode that border of, uh, oh my God, scary movie, right? That's what it's called, right? The spoof off like the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds you of that a little bit. Um, for sure. I At times it was like, okay, you've got a solid movie. But the crazy thing about it was, is the opening scene was awesome. Like, mm -hmm. the opening five minutes of the film, maybe even if you go 15 after, minutes. After you got past the text message. Once yeah. you got, like, into the hunt. Well, yeah, yeah. So, once you get into the hunt, once they left that gas station, it just got really weird. Uh -huh. And for me, if you would have done the first 15 minutes of the film, the as like an hour and 15 minutes and then even if you had that crazy fight battle at the end of the movie i would have been okay with it if it would have been set up correctly but I, <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about a film that's basis of the entire idea of the quote-unquote hunt was based on a text or based on a tweet right yes so the, it was based it was based on a tweet that was calling someone out for doing the hunt and then they ended up doing the hunt to prove that person wrong but is this is where it just got all convoluted and just started making no sense yeah and that's the thing it's just like so we get to a point where we're finally revealing what's going on i didn't have a problem with the final fight scene was it over the top yes was it entertaining yes was it crazy yes like there's a lot of stupid things happen within it i was okay with it but the setup of the entire thing really kind of pissed me off. And I will say, Glippin was phenomenal. She was she was great. She was hilarious. She was a badass. I enjoyed every second of every moment she was on the screen. I really felt like she commanded the screen from the start. And, and then the flip side of this, what really pissed me off about the film at the same time was if Hilary Swank's character, right, did all of her her background on who she was as an individual individual right why would she pick her knowing mm -hmm. knowing and i understand it you know she's been you know you got the one line or whatever when they were down in that little bunker oh she's been waiting for this day for so long or whatever no you would why would you pick on somebody that you know will more than likely whoop your ass you know what i'm saying like well, see that's the thing like she got the whole thing wrong and so it's like i just like she didn't she got so upset about a tweet and then set this whole thing up got you know people in who knew what they were doing kidnapped people did everything was able to choreo like choreograph and get everything together but she couldn't do a, ba a like a background check on like right. i think it was MAY versus MAYE or something with the la with the girl's last name and just couldn't like take take that extra step to get the right person Exactly, and that's the thing. Like, okay, it, look, I wasn't, ex you know, when I watched this film, I was not expecting an Oscar-winning uh, film. You know what I mean? Neither one of us were, okay? I, I went into this film thinking, all right, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to take my thinking cap off. 
I'm going to take my critic hat partially off and I'm just going to enjoy this film. And there's a lot of the film that I did like, but the way that it comes together at the end really just makes me so mad that I it's hard to forget how much I enjoyed of the film because it was set up from a stupid tweet. Like I keep on mentioning that, but I cannot mm-hmm. stress enough how much this pissed me off because the entire thing is based on a tweet. So you're telling me she set this entire hunt and killed um, what 10, 10 characters right off oh, the no. Four, yeah, 14 characters. Four, sorry, sorry, sorry. And, and don't get me wrong. We had every TV show ever invented covered here. We had somebody from This Is Us. We had somebody from American Horror Story. We had The Mindy Project. We had My Name Is Earl. We had them all covered. We had every TV show, Imaginable Man, covered. It was like the fight for the TV show. You know what I mean? I, that would actually make for an it entertaining was, movie. You know, what it, but, you know what it seemed like? You know what it seemed like? And I, I know you're not a fan of this movie. But it seemed like the scene in Anchorman where all the news stations got together except just extended over an hour and a half long film. Yeah. That's what this movie felt like. Yeah, and it was so weird. It Like, you can throw away a lot of things. And I'll bring up a movie, for instance. And, and this, I saw Bloodshot. I, I enjoyed Bloodshot way more than I had any right to enjoy Bloodshot. But the thing about it is, is what... Action, and I wrote this in my review that'll be up on the nationalnoise.com. It's a little cheap plug there. But what Bloodshot got right was, is sometimes when you're watching an action movie, they forget about the writing, right? They just kind of like throw like uh, Six Underground. They just throw a lot, like Michael Bay. He just throws a lot of action things at you. He throws it, he yells, he screams, he makes a lot, a lot of noises. You get sparklers in the background. And he's just like, hey, did you enjoy that? And a lot of people like that. You know what I mean? I do sometimes, but for me, what this got wrong was they had all, they they got it right though. They did a typical Michael Bay style film. The action was pretty good, but your story, your story for the first, you know, 45 minutes, all right, we're, we're having a good time. We're having a good, and then it's just like, it just goes down like the right, somebody else wrote the last 30, 40 minutes of that film. They had to have, because the same person that wrote the first 45 could not have wrote that last word. I don't think I've ever, like thinking back on it and talking about it, I don't think I've ever really been this frustrated with a film this way. Actually, I lie. It reminded me of Waves, two totally different movies. The first hour of Waves, really a phenomenal film. The last half of Waves, is a really below average movie. And it's just like, what happened that they really, like, did they really go reshoot some of this? And I, I want to know if there's a, a, a first cut that, that could be released on Friday that I can watch instead of the one that I watched in theaters. I would love to talk to somebody that wrote the movie, talked about the movie, produced the movie, because I really need to know if that last 30 minutes was reshot. Because if you think about it, as a collective whole. When you think of the hunt, when they show the trailer, you understand that the entire trailer is in the first five, like 15 minutes of the film, right? You know, I don't remember seeing the trailer and seeing anything after other than them being hunted. You literally think that you're about to sit down for an hour and 45, hour 30, hour 45, however long this was, and you're gonna watch people get hunted the whole movie, right? Am I correct or am I wrong? No, you're right, you're right. So when we're watching this film, 15 minutes in, the hunt is basically over, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and don't get me wrong, like the gas station scene, that was a baller scene. I loved it. It was creative. It was smart. It was different. It was unique. I liked it. You know, because at first, whenever I saw the people, the guy's just like, ah, this is not, this doesn't seem right. And then it was kind of normal at first. They'd let him answer the phone. And of course, once they get the phone call, you realize, all right, this is, there's something fishy going on here. But that first 15, I'm like, man, if this movie was like this for the entire movie, it would have been a great movie. 
I don't know about great movie, but you know what I mean. It was a bit of a fun movie. It would have been it would have been better than becoming like a spoof. I mean, that's like I said, that's basically what it. You uh, hit the nail on the head. To. It was like a it was like a spoof of the Hunger Games. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like I agree, and not even a very good one either. You know what I mean? Like, and again. I don't know. Though. I guess the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I'm not liking what I, my first thoughts were. You know, I, I, I well, settled. See, that's, that's, that's the thing that makes it so like hard to with this movie is like it is very entertaining. Yeah. And it's something where like I I probably will never watch this movie start to finish. But I, you know, if I get into a weird mode where I'm like, oh, like, do you remember that scene from The Hunt? I might go like watch it on YouTube or something like it seems it really seems like a highlight tape. Uh, it seems like someone can take this, take the best scenes, put it to a Hans Zimmer track, and pass it off and get 100 million views on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, it, I would watch the first 15 minutes over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, I would. But after that, I didn't mind the fight scene at the end. The fight scene was fine. It was a little bit over the top, but yeah. Very, very over the top and very long, but it was fine. I mean, it was... But again, the reason they were fighting pisses me off. Yes. (laughs) I can't get over that, Jacob. I just really can't, man. It's like, I don't know, man. And I wanted to enjoy it a little bit more. I think maybe I enjoyed it initially a little bit more after watching that dull fest for two hours of First Cow, but it's just... I don't know. I like I said. I probably. I, what did you settle on? Did you settle for what three stars? Did you settle at three stars? I think I'm settling at three stars. I, I yeah, I settle at three. It's it's not. I wouldn't recommend going to see it. I would recommend watching this on like Netflix late at night. Um, but they have the like, option to watch it for twenty dollars this weekend. I don't think that's a bad price if you get twenty friends to watch it with you and they all pitch in a dollar. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, this is a. You know, this is a late night kind of comedy to where you watch it on Netflix, you watch it online, and you can skip past the kind of jokey parts and just watch, like, the funny deaths. Yeah, I think if you're getting together this weekend and you're like, oh, the movie's popped on, I definitely would highly recommend this is going to be very controversial with Jacob right now. I would definitely recommend spending the $20 on this than spending the $20 on Invisible Man. So... My recommendation is easily do that, but also my recommendation would be not to watch either. But um, if you're going to spend any money at all, like don't just save your money and talk about this. Per- which is the perfect segue of these are the movies that we want you to watch this weekend instead of Invisible Men or The Hunt. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. All right, Jacob, with uh, a lot of people being at home right now because of this virus, I figured what better way than to do some recommendations. And Jacob had the good idea of doing it off of a couple different uh, um, streaming services because not, I know not everybody has Netflix, not everybody has Hulu, not everybody has Prime. So we've got a couple different ones from a couple different ones. So 
Jacob, give me one, and we'll go back and forth like we usually do. So give us the first one. All right, so the first one I've got is actually Honey Boy. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, I know Ricky and I have been pushing everyone to watch this for some time now, and uh, I think this is a perfect time to kind of just go sit down and just enjoy this film that really was, in my eyes, one of the top two to three best films of 2019. Um, you know, if you want to know more of our thoughts, you know, we've got the reviews up, but uh, Honey Boy, go watch Shia LaBeouf just emotionally let himself out. Yeah, this is this is obviously one of my films I was going to pick too, but I just transitioned into into a different one. But Honey Boy, yeah, it's a phenomenal film. Please watch this film. I, I can't recommend this film enough. It is one of it's probably one of my top ten all time favorite movies ever, mm-hmm. and. It, it, I have seen it, I think, seven or eight times now, and it breaks my heart in 6,000 pieces every single time. It's just beautiful. It's cathartic. And one film I want to talk about um, that I really like on Amazon is The Big Sick. Um, I think that's a phenomenal film. It's great writing. It's funny. It's quirky. It's random. And it'd be a perfect film just to throw on and enjoy. Um, I really loved it whenever it came out. I was a big fan of it. I was a big fan of the push that they got from it as well. Um, and then I'll follow that up with, I'm going to go on Hulu and I'm going to go fighting with my family. Um, this is, I think this is one of Jacob and I's favorite guilty pleasure style films of last year. Florence Pugh, she was just phenomenal last year. Her, her best performance of last year. And she was phenomenal. And I mean, she had a great performance in Midsummer, very good performance of Little Women, but she was phenomenal in fighting with my family. Look, it's funny. It's heartfelt. It's it's inspirational. It's sweet. It it just it checks all of the boxes. And if look, if you're sitting around the house and you're looking for a movie to watch with the fan, this is the perfect movie to turn on. I'm telling you guys, it is a lot of fun. It's great watch. It's an easy watch. It's not really ever just dumb. It's just a fun little watch. You don't even have. And again, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy the movie. It's just a fun film. What do you got for us, Jacob? So after you probably were crying your eyes out, um, at least I was with Honey Boy, uh, on Netflix, they have Hot Rod, which I know Ricky and I feel the same (laughs) way about it. One of probably one of the best comedies of the century. Um, You know, Andy Samberg gives an incredible performance and it's just overall the writing, just everything about it. It's so it's so funny. And for me personally, it's just so nostalgic of everything I grew up with. It's such a funny, such a funny film. Oh my God. Hot Rod is a, it's a, it's a classic. I mean, Sandberg is great in it. Fisher's great in it. I mean, Bill Hatter is hilarious. McBride is great. Like it's, it's loaded with talent. It's just so funny. Like you're right. It is. It's one of my, I would say this is, I know it sounds cliche to say this, but uh, Hot Rod's one of the top five favorite comedies ever. Period. It really mm-hmm. is. It is. It's just funny from start to finish. I was looking at the score. The fact that it's got a six point seven out of ten on on uh, on IMDb is a disgrace. But it's an hundred. It's an hour and twenty eight minute film that you literally laugh from the moment it starts to the end of it. I mean, it's got even a little heartfelt touch to it tw- uh, as well. But Samberg and McShane in that film are just hilarious together when they're going at each other's throat. I really, really love. Um, hot rod a whole lot. I mean, th- that's the crazy thing about it is all these movies we're talking about are so good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, these are great films. So hit us with your next one, Jacob. Uh, so my next one, uh, you know, I've got a few. I'm actually 
this is gonna be the only superhero film i have on here uh but it's spider-man into the spider-verse um i know ricky finally watched it the other day <laughs> it's not overly long it's you know it's less than two hours but it's it's family friendly. It's just incredible. It's something, it's just a spectacle to watch in general. Um, in my eyes, it's one of the top two or three comic book movies of all time. It's a, it's a very good film. And I think that once you hit the nail on the head, again, this is another one of those family films. You know what I mean? You got the kids at the house, you're quarantined with the children. This is a perfect film to, to, to turn in. My favorite kind of film when you can watch with the kids are ones that are good for both parties. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went and saw Onward. I saw the salt with the kids. The kids ate it up and loved it. And I just thought it was a, a dumpster fire. So, it, so to me, it's it's kind of good to you know you can enjoy both <laughs> both back and forth. Um, for me, this one's a little bit of another. This is a t- kind of a tearjerker, but it's on Netflix, and that's her. Um, I good love her. It, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this. I think he kind of showcases why he's one of the best actors period in Hollywood. You know what I mean? He is so, his range is phenomenal, but her is such a, it's so funny to me. I got a story about her. When I saw the trailer, obviously I was a bit younger still. And I saw it and I was like, this is going to be the dumbest movie I've ever seen. Is he really falling in love with a voice? And then I watched the film and it's just, God, it's so good. It is, I, I just I actually just recently watched it within the last, I think, month or so. I think I watched it like the end of January. It is a beautiful film. Go into it with an open mind. It's going to rip you in a thousand pieces, but it's an amazing film. I love her. Um, let's see here. I'm going to flip it over back to Hulu again, and I'm going to go with Goodwill Hunting. Um, Robin Williams is... It, is one of he's not my one of my all time favorite actors, but he gives performances that are heartfelt and raw and emotion. And Goodwill Hunting, the, the the banter between him and Damon, is some of the best on screen chemistry you will ever seen in a film. I feel like God, I just I, I picked a lot of tear jerkers on on my side over here. I kind of feel bad. I need to lift up some spirits or something here. But uh, Goodwill Hunting is a phenomenal film. It's perfectly written. It's a great film that I have seen. Uh, 30, 40 times and love it every single time. What you got for us, Jacob? Um, I suck. I stepped away for a second. But her, uh, I just want to add on to her, Arcade Fire doing the oh my God. Uh, doing the score is incredible. I wish it was available for streaming anywhere, uh, but it's not, sadly. Um, and then, yeah, Goodwill Hunting is I, I remember the first time I watched it, I watched it on TV and I thought it was about Goodwill and I just <laughs> could not have been much more wrong. Um, but that's the movie that kind of got me to love Robin Williams. And he is one of my favorite actors um, of all time. Uh, my next film is actually another family friendly film about two brothers. Uh, one of them gets into a bit of trouble um, and the other one has to save him and get him out of it. Um, I want to know. Do you have any guesses of what it is? It's on Netflix. Uh, you said no. I don't have. I. You know, I mean, films are on Netflix. It's good time. It's very family friendly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very family friendly film about two brothers. You know, and then the one of the brothers gets mistaken. <laughs> no, but this film. I mean, this the Safdie brothers as directors are just just incredible with what they do and what they're able to get across. Um, you know, if you're ready to get stressed out of your mind, um, go watch a good time, go watch this movie. It's, it still knocks me over the head every 10 to 20 minutes. 
uh, whenever I do actually end up watching it. It's just, it's, it's such a fun, it's fun in like the worst kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal film. It's, it's, it's the Safety Brothers best film by far. Um, my, is that, was that your last film or do you have one more film? That's my fourth. Uh, I, f- I forgot that was my just my fourth. So, uh, my fifth is going to be okay. If you have one, you go ahead and go, and I need to find a fifth. All right, my fifth one is going to be Hell or High Water. Um, it is hands down one of my favorite films of the, of the last decade. Um, Chris Pine gave probably one of the be- like most underrated performances of the decade as well um hello high water now that's another this is another story of brothers um you know that's it's good foster yes. and pine are 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 so good together another film that i just recently uh just watched again and the story is if you like the town if you watch the town if you watch ben affleck's town Hell or High Water is basically the town set in in the West. You know what I mean? In the Westerns. You know what I mean? Cowboy era type deal. But, you know, modernized. And it's so good. It's so... It's such a slow burn that's beautiful. And Foster and Pine's chemistry. But Bridges and, and, and Birmingham's, their chemistry is just as good. You know what I mean? As Alberto and Marcus, man. They're fantastic together. Jeff Bridges is great in that film. Hell or Hellwater, the score is brilliant, the directing's great, the writing's great. It is hands down an amazing film that needs to be seen if you have not watched it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great film. I mean, it was it was nominated for four Academy Awards. It, it was a breathtaking film that I loved. Yeah, Hell or High Water, I love it. It's it was one of my top three films of that year. Um, it's just incredible. Um, my last movie let me make sure it's still on here um because i think i've picked it uh okay well why is okay never mind um that's not working so (laughs) (laughs) nothing like cathartic going over this uh while we're on the air there man yeah my okay and watch the office guys that's what i'm going to recommend watch the office it's not on here um my last one i'm just going to go marriage story uh watch another you know heartbreaking movie from last year um you know i think i think this is a good time to watch it uh i think it's a time to where you can kind of watch it and you can't really leave the house so no one has to see how much it affected you if that makes sense um it's an incredible film. It's just everything from the performances to the writing to the acting. Um, just everything about it was just so just incredible and just mind-blowing from everyone involved. Um, oh, here we go. I have a sixth. Um, I meant to say <laughs> – I wanted to also say Pan's Labyrinth. Um, if you're into kind of fantasy-style movies, that one, it's – it's basically a folklore fantasy movie just given on screen. Um, Guillermo del Toro is beautiful with it. And yeah, that's the one I was looking for and I just could not find it whenever I was searching. Um, 
So I apologize for all of that. But yeah, so there's two, Marriage Story and Pan's Labyrinth. Those are two the more that you can go watch and go just enjoy. Folks, do us a favor. Head on over uh, to Twitter. Give um, our show uh, sponsor there, Geek Vibes Nation, a follow on Twitter. Go over to their website, geekvibenation.com. Uh, they all they, these guys are always pumping out articles on a consistent basis. I mean, the the rate that these guys pump out articles is insane. Head on over uh, to NashvilleNoise.com. You can check out a couple of my latest reviews. Um, I did one on the Whistlers. I did one on Onward, and then I will drop one on um, Bloodshot as well. Uh, shortly, follow them on Twitter at Nashville Noise. Follow Cotty on Twitter at Cotty Howell. Give Jacob a follow at MCDI underscore. Uh, Jacob, give the pod a follow at MCDI uh, pod, and then give myself a follow at Ricky Villar underscore. Got so much to remember sometimes. And until <laughs> next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Drive safe.